I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, Small Business Advanced Tax Planning and Compliance Extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. All right. Today on the podcast, we have Megan Curtis. Megan is the executive um, director of Project Vets, V-E-T-S. So there's some acronyming going on there. Project Vets is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the health and welfare of animals around the world while also benefiting our precious planet. They achieve this goal by collecting veterinary equipment, technology, and supplies. That's the V-E-T-S. It is. is. (laughs) Um, From veterinary hospitals, veterinary colleges, human hospitals, medical equipment, and supply manufacturers, other nonprofit organizations, and individuals. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so, it's so, I love the mission of Project Vets and I'm, I'm just glad to have you and talking about, you know, what you guys do and how people can get involved, right? That's always the, like, how do we get involved? How do we right. pick a, pick a, pick a purpose and get involved? Um, so Megan, first question for you today is what was your first job? My first job as an adult or as a 16 year old as a 16 year old I want to hear like the first first because generally it translates a little bit oh not not this one no (laughs) I was at 16 I worked at Bradley's I grew up on the east coast and so Bradley's was the equivalent of like Kmart Mm. or a store like that and I worked at Bradley's in the intimate apparel department yes hanging up undies and bras and such. <laughs> well, it was inventory, right? So watch, well, watch, that's true. Yeah, yeah. watch me make some parallels. <laughs> I can yes. come up with a, almost always come up with a parallel. But. That, that could be it. Cause otherwise I'd say no. <laughs> with customer service, right? Everything is always customer service. Very much. Yes. Yes. And it was right by the fitting room too. So um, so yes, definitely customer service. There you go. <laughs> um, so give us the rundown, the rundown on your career journey. How did you end up as executive director? What was your path? So I have always long had interest in wildlife and wildlife conservation mm-hmm. and have peripherally been involved in the animal world since probably college. Mm-hmm. And in college, I took business classes and I also spattered in some, like I took a primatology class and just all kinds of different things. And when I graduated, I went into the business world. I worked in retirement funds. I worked um, with 401ks and 403bs and that just got really boring to me. And so I was on the board of a, an animal welfare nonprofit in Colorado. And I decided I needed to to take some time to think. So I I went to Africa for a month and decided that I was finished in the corporate world and I would switch to the nonprofit world as an employee versus a volunteer. Mm -hmm. And so um, I came back and I found a job in the nonprofit space, um, not in animal welfare, but um, through that 
whole journey, I was also on the board of an organization, um, an animal welfare organization. I met Candy Brad, who's the founder of Project Vets. And we had dinner and I said, I love what Project Vets about. I'd love to be involved. And um, the next week I learned I was pregnant with twins. So took a little time to get on board, but I believe when my twins were five, I started working as an employee for Project Vets. That's and awesome. that's been about six years. So can you, so tell us about the mission of Project Vets and what, I mean, what do you guys do? Like, <laughs> you, you know, we, 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 can, we can talk about the mission, but you know, what is, what is the practicals? How does it help, right. you know, how does it help people? So what we do is we accept anything that can be used in the care of an animal, and that's either a companion animal or wildlife or working animals. Mm -hmm. And so anything that could be used clinically in a hospital setting, in a field setting for wildlife, you know, free roaming wildlife. Um, And then also we do accept some pet products and we have a warehouse in North Boulder and we most of the items come there. And then we have over 100 other nonprofit animal welfare groups that we send all of that product to free of charge. So animal welfare nonprofits all over the world, right now we're in 45 countries. They apply to us to be part of our program. Um, They have to be a nonprofit and have a veterinarian on staff or as a volunteer then they go through an approval process. And once they're approved, they are part of our program almost in most cases for years and years and years. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but generally it's for as long as they want to be. That's awesome. So I always, it's always interesting to me that nonprofits are generally tiered, right? So it's like you guys provide, you know, this certain thing and to other nonprofits right? Because they need, they have certain, they have, you know, whatever their needs are. Sometimes it's what you guys do. And then they probably have other nonprofits they work with as well to get them funds or get them whatever. Um, And I think people just don't understand the mechanics of that. And then they might actually have nonprofits under them at some point, right? Right. (laughs) So there's, yeah. So there's a, you know, they have to source, you know, for their particular missions, they have to source Mm -hmm. maybe things from you and things from a different one. And then they're under that probably distributing as well. So I think, I mean, I think as a business owner or a small business owner, like we just don't understand, like, you know, how does a nonprofit actually get the things they need generally? And I just find it really interesting that you guys are able to like consolidate the need and then, you know, distribute it to, you know, whoever needs it or whoever's, you know, whatever they're asking for in a certain time. And there's, you know, if you think about the U.S., right, and many places in the world, there's so much excess here, mm-hmm. and especially in the veterinary space where, you know, a lot of veterinarians have worked really, really hard to buy that piece of equipment or, or whatever it is, and it's, it, there's almost a, a sentimental attachment to it, and so rather than that piece of equipment or that, you know, those expired supplies going into the landfill, they're able to donate it to us and then it'll live on, you know, for animals in need all over the world. So it's, you know, taking excess here and really just keeping it in use. 
Um, yeah, because I love it. Everything we accept has to be in working condition. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is just continuing its life wherever it goes. And that could be Africa, India, the US, Europe, Central America, mm-hmm. all over. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, a lot of the time, and because I work on the tax side, you know, people are like, well, I'm going to get new equipment every year. Or, you know, we're getting all this equipment. And I'm like, well, do you need the equipment? A, <laughs> right. B, where's it going to go? <laughs> Right. And I, and I love the mm-hmm. other side of that is like, it can be donated. It can still have use right? Um, through your mission or, you know, maybe even wherever. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, I have all these questions and I kind of like have arrows because that's how I roll. Ah, that's how I roll too. But so, I will um, say too, go ahead. some of the kind of feel good on the donation of equipment and supplies, some of that for veterinarians, many of our groups will um, train future veterinarians, veterinary students, or in other countries, they have veterinarians, but maybe they need more kind of practical time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we send expired suture to some of those organizations so that the students can practice their suturing technique. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's can't be used here, obviously it's expired, but yet it's the perfect teaching tool, you know, down in some of these more remote areas that don't have access to all that we do. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't care if it's expired. <laughs> no, no. Right. I mean, when you're, when you're stitching up a banana or a stuffed animal, it really doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> really doesn't matter. I love that. Um, so what are some of the ongo- ongoing needs that project that um, has for its um, underlying missions? So Given the type of organization we are, we always are fundraising in two ways. We're always kind of reaching out and broadening our network to bring in equipment and supplies, more more product to get out to our partners because, you know, our 100 nonprofits that we support, they're just a small little fraction of all the hands-on direct service animal nonprofits out there. And then on the flip side, of course, we have to have funding to um, support that mission, just as every business, nonprofit or for-profit does, you you have to have the dollars there. So we're always fundraising on both sides. Um, that funding and our equipment and supplies are always our top priority. Mm-hmm. Um, we do also, if people are traveling, which has of course taken a little hit with COVID, but if people are traveling to a country where we have a group, um, mm-hmm. sometimes they can carry a bag that's just packed full of our, our product that we're sending over. And then the benefit of doing that, if anyone's traveling is a lot of times they'll give you a little tour mm-hmm. of their, of their site. And cool. yeah, we had someone carry over two huge duffel bags to Victoria Falls wildlife trust in Zimbabwe. And they got this behind the scenes, look at the elephant hospital and all this amazing stuff, right? I want to, I want to go. <laughs> well, I want to go. Elephants are the coolest. Pick me, pick me. <laughs> That's really cool. And I love that idea. I didn't even think about that. Like a lot of us support, uh, you know, all these different, you know, you know, nonprofits or missions or, you know, charities, but like the thought of like, if you're going someplace to so just like check in and be like, Hey, you know, yeah. I'm going to such and such on this time. Do you need me to take anything with me? Can I take anything? And a lot of times, um, you know, if someone's traveling, but they're not going to the exact spot mm-hmm. of the nonprofit, they'll come meet, you know, in the big city or whatever, you know, they want, 
they want and need everything that we're providing. So they're willing to go out of their way to make it happen. So it can be pretty easy. And it probably cuts down on like the shipping issues. Yes. I mean, it's much cheaper for us to ship in the United States. So you don't even have to be in Colorado. Mm -hmm. We can ship within the United States much more cheaply than we can ship to Africa Mm -hmm. or or wherever. So, uh, so yeah, we've often sent boxes within the United States for someone to carry over uh, when they go. And then it gets it to the need faster, probably. Yeah. 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 Especially now. <laughs> Especially right now. Um, so, so talk about the funding side. So you guys use your events as the funding side, right? So let's talk about like, what, what are your guys' big events? How can people get involved in those? Yeah. So we actually have, and you know this because you're, you have been a sponsor this year. So thank you so just much. Just on the website, I was like, wow, my logo is gigantic. Look, there you are. <laughs> uh, we have our annual benefit. It's We host one benefit a year and it's coming up virtually on Saturday, September 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, again, it's going to be virtual so people can join from anywhere. And information about that is on our website. But the event is kind of this, cool trip around the world. We're stopping in uh, in the DRC, in Uganda, Vietnam, South Africa, Puerto Rico, all kinds of different places and visiting with our partner groups, some of our partner groups there um, and just kind of seeing what they do, the types of animals that they work with. It's again, companion animals, some really awesome wildlife. Um, It's it's going to be this little trip around the world. We have an auction, um, a typical silent auction. And then since we're virtual, a live auction doesn't quite work as well, but so we're calling it our not so silent auction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's going on and yeah, it'll be, like I said, about, um, September 11th, it's in the evening. So, you know, a good kind of sit down with your dinner glass of wine or something else. <laughs> it's, it's, it's free, right? Yes. Tickets are free. If you're one of those people who likes t-shirts, we do have some t-shirts and, and glasses, like wine glasses and pint glasses that you can, for a donation, we'll send those out. But yes, it's free to attend. Yeah. I think that's, that's cool. And then you guys, you know, you can decide what you want, you know? Right. I love that. Right. Um, so what have been some of the greatest obstacles during the pandemic for, for nonprofits in general, but, you know, specifically project that? Well, so I think there's, there's two that come to mind. Um, right when everything shut down, uh, there is, in the nonprofit sector, there was a lot of people who were really went out of their way to be very generous. And that included mm-hmm. with us right at the beginning of the pandemic, we, um, we really, a lot of our donors showed up for us and it was incredible. Uh, since then though, we've, we've unfortunately seen a little bit of a kind of fall away from that. I don't know if, you know, people have lost jobs or just being a little more cautious. Um, but uh, funding has, has, is kind of, we're, we're fine, but, you know, funding is kind of uh, slowed, I should say over the past probably six months. Um, outside of that, the, the biggest hurdle we had last year, right when things shut down, um, 
the, the staff went and worked from home for a little while, probably three weeks until things settled down. And then the, we worked out a schedule to get everybody back in the warehouse, but only by themselves. So they weren't together. Um, but what happened was they went in and they started putting together all these boxes because as with everybody, every organization all over the world, our partners were really hit you know, nonprofits providing direct service rely on volunteers. Mm -hmm. They rely on some that travel there. They rely on um, tourists to come through and help. A lot of stray animals eat mm -hmm. off of tourists, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. They go into the trash and they eat out of the trash, but then there's no tourism. So there's all these animals on the streets starving. Mm -hmm. So these nonprofits were having to go out and, uh, you know, work double time in that sense. So mm -hmm. our partners were in a more difficult situation and we were trying to get them our supplies, but the, we use the U S postal service to ship internationally mm -hmm. and they shut down completely for, I believe it was five months that we could not get a product through the USPS out the door. So we ended up using DHL um, for a short time, but that was double the cost. So it was, that was a huge hit, but it all worked itself out, I, out now. I think there's one country that we have trouble with still, but that could be just anything. Hmm. Um, but it was, it was hard to not be able to support all of those groups and when they were in such high need. So our US-based groups benefited a lot because <laughs> they just got double. Yeah, it was easier to get, their, get this, get stuff to them and make the impact there. Yeah, yeah, Excellent. which was wonderful to do as well. That's awesome. Okay, so I just want to lay out some actionable item, some actual items or things that practice owners can do to, to you know, to support your mission. Um, some things that come to my mind is like go through inventory a couple times a year and gather up anything that's expired and then get it to you guys. Any other ideas, you know, just actionable items to just say, this is what you can do. You know, these are some small things you can do to, right. you know, support the mission. Yeah, I definitely that as a, as a practice owner, if you've had, you know, product sitting in your closets, in your drawers and shelves for a while, and you just don't know what to do with it many times we can accept it and have people on the other side who are really, really in need. Um, so yes, going through your inventory, if you have overstock or if, you know, someone, one of your uh, suppliers delivered the wrong thing and they won't take it back, you know, all kinds of issues. Um, de definitely just keep us in mind. And um, we do ask that um, the donor pay shipping to our, our Boulder location, but you mm -hmm. can send everything as cheaply as possible and you will get tax benefit for um, the donation. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the biggest thing for practice owners. Um, we also do host a pet memorial program. So there are hospitals who, some hospitals plant a tree when a pet passes away. Um, we have hospitals here in Colorado that will um, make a donation to Project Vets for each pet that passed. And then we send a nice letter kind of acknowledging that donation and, and the fact that their pet passed. So that's a that's a that's a great way to you know, build your um, 
relationships with clients and then also um, support a nonprofit and animals in need. And that's, we have that all online. It's super easy to do and we make it as easy as possible. Um, so that's one thing. And, and just with everything, um, spreading the word for sure, spreading the word. And if you're interested in, um, kind of getting involved, we do, we have national presence as far as our donors of equipment and supplies and, and financially. Um, but we do also have partners all over the world. So if you're interested in some, uh, exposure, that's a, it's a, good place to stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and, and I think, you know, also if you have working equipment that you are upgrading, send it to Project Vets. There's no reason to yep. do anything else with it. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like, yes. like that, that's the best way to give that equipment additional life. Exactly. You know, exactly. Somebody else might want it. Um, yes, absolutely. We had a vet hospital here um, just last week, they donated a microscope and um, Marcy, who is one of our warehouse uh, staff, she took a picture of it, put it on social media, and two of our groups reached out and said, "We want it, we want it." So yeah, if if you have any thing, any piece of equipment that's working, there is always a group that can use it. I guess the only exception might be one of those really big digital x-ray machines that's a little more difficult but yeah I know <laughs> yeah. Guys would move ship that, guy. <laughs> that would be that requires we did place one once with a, a vet hospital um, that was 20 minutes away from a, another animal welfare nonprofit that had been looking for that exact machine for five years that's which awesome. was awesome it was really cool so you guys take stuff from human med too. So our dentists mm-hmm. and our chiropractors, like all any, you know, anybody that has any kind of PPE or medical supplies can, can yes. help, right? So just go through those inventories, get stuff yes. moved out and just ship it. Yep, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, there are some things that are quote too human, right? We mm-hmm. we do have chimpanzee groups and gorilla groups. So we try really hard. Like a couple of years ago, we accepted a few AEDs um, because they can use them at those sanctuaries. Um, I did not even think of that. <laughs> yes, it's so cool. That is really cool. Um, but, you know, things like crutches and wheelchairs and stuff like that, that's that that's a little too human. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of product that can cross over very easily. We, we did a pickup once and they had those, you know, finger splints that mm-hmm. you, if, if you break your finger. And I, I called Marcy, I said, do you want these? And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can cut them in half and they can use them for a, you know, a splint on a leg, like a bird leg or a little monkey leg. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, and I, I always, always say that, you know, veterinarians are super scrappy, <laughs> you know, right? right. They've always had, had to been scrappy because, you know, the technology and everything just doesn't go as fast for them as it does for human med, right? So they're kind of adapting a lot of the time. So if you have anything, it could potentially be used, right? It could. Yes. Yes. Oh, I've learned a lot along the way. <laughs> well, how scrappy people are, you know, they're yeah, like, yeah. we're just going to take the thing and we're just going to make it what it needs we're to gonna be. We're going to figure something out. I'm thinking like pediatric blood pressure cuffs. They could probably use those on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. animals, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Little, little monkeys come to mind. I love that. We All have right. uh, one partner in Africa. It's a primate. It's an umbrella organization for 23 primate sanctuaries. Yeah. So they have 
chimps and gorillas, like I said, but they also have little vervet monkeys and just really cool. So. That is really cool. <laughs> I, I love animals. I've always been fascinated by animals. So. Right. Um, all right. So before I ask my last question, what is the easiest way to get plugged into Project Vets? I guess easily would be to visit our website because it will throw you to our social media or um, we have the contact us page. And so the website is projectvets.org. So yeah, you'll figure that out. Right. But okay. So, um, the website would be easiest. It has information about the event that I mentioned. It has, um, just our basic contact information, phone number, email address, all that. Um, so that would probably be the easiest thing. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, so my last question for you, I know we already talked about like action items, um, but what is the number one thing people can do to, or business owners can do to support missions they believe in? I, I think for us, it's um, kind of just going through your inventory and figuring out what's been sitting for a while and maybe you really don't need it any longer and it's just time to spring cleaning all year but <laughs> I also love the tying a donation to a service idea you know like pick a service you know that that you know like you know the death or the you know the death of an animal you know tying a donation to a service really makes it more systematized into your business right so you're right. building in a process to be charitable Right. Yep. Um, yep. Our process is totally willy nilly. I talk to somebody like you and I'm like, okay, what do you want? How much can I give you? <laughs> you know, but hey, you know, it works. Both that ways. works too, right? <laughs> it does. <laughs> However, know? one of our big things is we want to make it easy, mm -hmm. everything, because when there's barriers to, to too many barriers, people are busy and they just move on. And mm -hmm. so, one of our biggest priorities is just to make it easy. So make it easy for you, for people to donate, make it easy to get stuff to your people underneath, you know, like mm -hmm. just streamlining everything. You know, that's that I always, I always tell people, I always tell business owners, like make it easy for people to pay you. <laughs> like, why would you, you know, if you want people to send up for your stuff, make it as easy as possible. Right. 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 Yes. If they have to uh, click through 10 times, it's not going to work. Right. Or if you're going to limit how they pay or whatever, like just make it easy. <laughs> yes. I promise it works. <laughs> it's that whole K-I-S-S model, right? Right. Simple, stupid. People, simple, stupid. And I always, I always <laughs> laugh because like I always have a pile of bills on my desk and I'll go through them and pay them once I can. But if I have to like call somebody that's going right back in the pile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like if I can log on to the website and it takes me like two clicks, you're paid. It's done. But if, yeah. But if I have to call somebody, it's just going to sit here. <laughs> I totally do that. Like, oh, that one will wait until I get the pink notice or whatever. <laughs> if you really cared about me paying you, I wouldn't have to call you. Right. Right. So. <laughs> you're telling me what you value right now with you know, how hard it is. It's super easy you. to set that up these days. It's not as mental <laughs> as it used to be. <laughs> All right, Megan, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been so fun. And thank you for your support too.
Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant. Be abundant.